All right, well, happy Labor Day, Riverhouse. How are we doing tonight? Come on. Uh, I am going to introduce who will be uh, ministering tonight from the pulpit, a well-known face around here. But before I give away who it is, I just want to kind of share why we're doing this. We've been talking about what for the last, like, two months? A royal... Priesthood. So we've been talking about this and really getting into this language of what does it mean, you know, to behold and imitate and be like Adam and Eve in the inner garden and cultivate the outer garden in the uncultivated places. And it's all this symbolic, metaphorical language. And I've had a lot of people be like, but what is, what does this mean, Jordan? Like, what do this is, I don't know what, you know, and I'm having all these fun conversations. And so I've just been processing with the Lord. How do we put skin on this? How do we make this concept of being a royal priesthood so concrete and tangible in our minds that we can't help but live it out and cultivate and be ones who sow the seeds and bring heaven to earth and fulfill the Lord's prayer? Amen. So what I'm going to do is we're going to have Pastor Robin, Pastor Mom, I'm going to have her share tonight. And this is how I asked her to share. We, I have the benefit, and those that are on staff have the benefit of we've been getting to hear these pretty amazing testimonies and a lot of these evangelistic encounters that my mom's been having on a pretty regular basis. And sometimes our jaws just kind of drop, and then we go on with our day. We're like, you did that all this morning before staff meeting? Like, seriously, just wait. I hope she shares this one. She's like, we're like, wait, you did that today, like an hour ago? And it's been happening, and she's been sharing with me just the heart of Jesus, and particularly his evangelistic heart of what he's been putting in her heart for the people that don't know him. And I think one of the things that's so powerful being and and understanding who we are as a priest is that we're cultivators, that the presence of Jesus is inside of us. And when we let him out, amazing things can happen in the ordinary places of our lives if we will just be obedient to step out and risk. And my mom's been doing this. Pastor Robin's been doing this. She's got so many names in my life. But and, and I said, you know what? I just want you to come up here and I want you to share your stories. I want you to testify of what the Lord is doing through your life. Uh, this woman has lived as a priest before the Lord for a lot of years. It's part of the reason that I am who I am. And I'm just really honored that she's going to come and share and testify and give space for the testimony of Jesus to be presented into this room. And I believe that testimonies have the power to catalyze, convict, and stir us into a, a response that, uh, you know, when we see stories, right? So uh, I'm just really honored and for you to come up and share the stories, these God stories of what he's doing, that these stories would start to become our stories. Amen. So let's stand on our feet. Let's honor Pastor Robin as she comes to share God's word. Love you. I was not expecting this many people. I was like thinking the place was going to be half empty because, you know, it is a holiday weekend. Okay, hold on. So I want to honor you all for being here on a three-day holiday weekend. There are so many places that you could be tonight, and yet you are here. The scripture that came to me when we were worshiping was Isaiah, I think it's 54, and it says, your sons and daughters are taught of the Lord, and the well-being of your sons shall be great. And I felt like that was a word for you guys. You are the sons and the daughters. 
And I feel like you are here being taught of the Lord and you're coming week after week. And that teaching begins to do stuff in your inner man and ultimately leading to the well-being of your soul, right? So I just want to bless you with that word before I start. Yeah, Jordan asked me to share stories. So that's basically what I'm going to do. Um, but I want to tell you and to remind you that we owe the world an encounter with the love of God. We do. We've had an encounter with him and we owe the world that encounter. So when I was a really young girl, 14-ish, I, 13, I encountered the radical love of God and it completely transformed my life. And shortly after that, I started, I wanted the whole world, honestly, to know this love. And I started going to a nursing home and I haven't thought about this in 40 years, 30 years, whatever it is. But the Lord brought it to my mind this morning, and I, I thought about it, and I would go to this nursing home. It was kind of a run-down home, and it was almost all really old people that weren't so healthy, but there was this one woman that was young. I'm guessing now she was probably about 40 years old, and she was in this nursing home. And I would go and I would paint their nails and blow dry their hair and put their makeup, do whatever I could for an opportunity to share God's love with them. And this one woman, because she was so young, I could feel a sadness in her. And so I went to her room a lot. And I used to try to get little opportunities to share about Jesus, but she did not want to hear about him at all. But I continued to get to know her and visit her. And one day I showed up to her room and she was in her bed just weeping. And I never found out why she was in so much pain, but because there was love in me, I was able to love on her. And as I just began to love on her and nurture her and, and then begin to tell her my stories and what the Lord had done for me. And that day she gave her life to Christ and there was such a shift in her countenance. Like I visually saw the change in her. And as I began visiting her, she became the nursing home evangelist and she was so filled with joy. And I would come and she would have scriptures to share with me and testimonies for me. And that put a hunger in me to tell the world about Jesus because I knew that what I carried was so powerful that there was a weighty responsibility that God put in me to share with the world. I have my babies in the front, so if I keep getting distracted, <laughs> you'll know why. It's hard for me to keep my eyes off of them. <laughs> yeah, Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. We all have a job to do. We really do. So I'm a walker. I love walking. I walk morning. I walk night. I walk anytime I'm hurting. I put my worship music on and I, you can find me walking. This morning I was up walking in the hills and that's the time that I just, I get refilled by the Lord. I, I pray. I, I let go of things. Whatever I'm dealing with, it gets released on that walk. But this one particular day I was walking not very long ago. 
And there's this one house in the North End that is my favorite. The yard is impeccable. The flowers are brilliant and bright and color coordinated. And I'm always walking by going, how come I never see anybody working in that yard? Like I know what it takes and never have I seen anybody. So this day I'm actually walking home from the gym and I'm tired and I'm hungry and I see somebody in that house. And so I have to run over there and, 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 and honor them for their yard. And it was a young girl that turns out it's a second home and this is her, her uh, gap year and she's staying in the house alone for the summer. Well, I asked her to take me in the back and, and I'm always looking for opportunity. Where's my open door, Lord? And so I'm talking and I ask her, so do you go to church? Have you found a church anywhere? She's like, oh, no, no, nature is my church. And I said, okay, I, okay, I see. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't do the God thing. And I said, okay. So I keep talking and the Lord begins to talk to me. And he begins to tell me things about her. And so I looked at her, I said, funny thing, as you're talking, the Lord is also talking. And he's telling me things about you. And she looked at me, and she was a little <laughs> unsure of me. And I said, well, do you want to know? And she's like, okay. And I began telling her what the Lord was telling me. And she just looked at me. And right then I knew that was my open door. And so then I began telling her what God has done in my life. And as I'm telling her, I can feel her defenses going down. And then I gave her the opportunity. I said, do you want to give this Jesus a chance in your life? And she looked at me and she had tears coming down her cheeks. And so right there, she invited Jesus into her heart. And as soon as she did, she started bawling like a little girl. I mean, she was encountering the love of God. I wrapped my arms around her and I held her while she sobbed on my shoulder. And I just looked up and I said, only you, God. So we finished and I blessed her. I told her about River House and I said, I'll come back around. And as I was leaving, she goes, um, please come back. My mom and dad want to meet you. And I was like, okay, I'll be back. I find it so funny that when people encounter this crazy love, they try to put words into what they just experienced. She, she wanted she. my mom and dad want to meet you. Oh, they do. Okay, perfect. It was her way of saying my mom and dad need this too. And this was so good that I, I don't know what to say to you. Because an encounter with God changes everything. We are called to, to just be the lovers that share, share with the world. So I have a roommate who ha I come home and tell all these crazy stories to because I've always got a story to tell. And so she said to me, she goes, can you teach me how to do this? And I was like, well, I, I don't know if I could teach you how to do it. And I said, but we can go do it. Let's go for a walk. So we went walking and nothing significant happened. But, but we were looking. We were looking for some, something to happen. But when I, when I began to think about her question, I don't know how to tell you how to do it. Because it's something that I have just always done. And so I pondered it. And I came up with a few suggestions. Is that okay if I share it with you? So I don't know if I'm nervous or I'm getting allergies, but I need water. So 
It starts with one thing. And I'm such a cheerleader that I so wanted to do a cheer for you guys tonight. <laughs> I even looked in the, I practiced in the mirror and I go, don't do it. Don't. <laughs> you are too old. But I want to. It's like, but anyway, I won't. I won't, I won't. <laughs> no. I'm not going to do it. But it is all about one thing. L-O-V-E, right? It really is about love. And that's the theme for tonight. Did you hear how many times people were talking about the love of God? It really is about love. We are called to love God, to love his people, and to love ourselves. Amen? 1 John 4, 7, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. Yes, God is love. So when I was in ministry school, I had a class, it was an outreach class, and they were teaching us all these amazing techniques on how to win the lost and how to preach the gospel. And then once a month, we'd go to San Francisco to practice and to learn these new techniques. And one night, I remember, we finished, we, we ministered all day on the streets, and it was just not a good day for me. I felt like nothing came out right, like nobody gave their life to Lord. I didn't even feel like I even ministered to anybody, even though I'd spent the entire days trying to. And so that night, we're laying on the floor in a church, and I looked up at God, and I said, God, what happened there? Like, I'm trying to learn all these new techniques and these new things that are really cool, but I, I just felt like it was just a flop. And the Lord said something that was so important to me, and he said, Robin, it's not about technique. It is about love. It is about doing what you do from a heart of love, for love, with love. And he said, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just go love my people. So the next day, we decided we were going to make signs that said, free hugs. <laughs> and we stood on this busy street in downtown San Francisco, and I was shocked at how many people came for hugs. I mean, it was the homeless all the way to the women's sophisticated clothes, the men in suits, the little children. I mean, everybody was hungry for love. And when we, sometimes we'd give them a hug and they just wouldn't let go. And so we would just hold them. Some people would literally start crying because they needed to be touched. They needed to be loved. And then that opened up. We would start asking questions and hearing their heart. And we led so many people to Christ that night just because we had one thing to offer them. What is it? Love. And love never fails. Love opens doors. It unlocks hearts. And it makes a way where there is no way. People will know that we are Christians by our, amen. When we behold love, we become love, and then we have something powerful to offer the world. We behold, and we become, and then we get to give it away. No better gift to give. So the first little bit 
that I want to share is it starts by praying for the lost and for divine appointments and expecting God to answer. You see, when we pray, crazy things happen. When we pray for the lost, our eyes are open and we begin to see the lost. When we ask for divine appointments, divine appointments are made. So a while back, I was uh, driving to work on my way to work, and I see this young, young man, probably in his young, early 20s, I would say, and he was walking down the street in a rage. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen this before. Yelling, cussing, raging, walking, just filled with anger and, and so much more. And I immediately started praying for him. Honestly, it looked like one of my nephews. And, and so my heart hurt for him. I prayed with him, prayed for him on the way to work. Get busy, and I am now at lunchtime. I'm meeting somebody downtown. And believe it or not, different part of town, there he is again, still raging. Prayed for him. Prayed that the Lord would meet him. Bring somebody, God. Bring somebody to minister to that boy. In the day, I'm driving home. I turn down my street, and there he is still raging. And I said, oh no, no. I'm the person I prayed for. It is time to pull over. And, and I said, Lord, like you called me to it, you'll give me the grace to get through it. Protect me. Protect me. But I've got to go pray for this boy. So I pulled over my Jeep and I walked across the street and he's coming and he is in a rage. So I start talking to him before he gets to me. Because I've been here before. And, and I said, hey, you okay over there? And trying to just start a conversation so that when he gets to me, he doesn't assault me. And, uh, and so I'm building rapport as I'm getting closer. And then I said, hey, listen, are, are you, you're having a bad day. Are you okay? And he just kind of looked at me. And I said, hey, are you all right? What's up? What's going on with you? And I just began to talk to him. And he's just so mad, and he's telling me this, and he's not making a lot of sense, to be honest with you, saying a lot of different things. And I started to tell him about Jesus, and nope, he did not want to know about this Jesus. And I said, okay, then let me tell you what I can do. I said, I can pray for you, and I can release the peace of God over you. Can I do that? Can I pray for you? Kind of looked at me, and he's like, okay. I said, can I put my hand on your shoulder? He's like, okay. And as soon as I did, I just felt the love of God. And I just began to pray for this boy. And I began to release the peace of God upon him. And I felt it come. And he stopped in the middle of my prayer. And he looked at me and he goes, you're beautiful. <laughs> Again, they're trying to find the words. And I was like, okay, and Lord, and I just keep praying. And so this calm peace came over him. And he just, he just calmed down. 
And I blessed him and I was jogging back to my Jeep and he yelled at the top of his lungs, you are so beautiful. <laughs> I got in the car and I go, that was for me. <laughs> I've been feeling old. I needed that today. <laughs> We have the answer to everybody's problems. We know the one who comes to bind up broken hearts and set captives free. We know the one whose mercies are new every single morning. We know him. We know him. Can I just say that the simple fact that we know him, we are incredibly blessed beyond words. We know this radical, crazy love, and we don't just know it, we carry it inside of us, and we get to give it any time we want. Ha! Huh. How powerful is that? You're talking about powerful people. Look around. We are powerful people. We found the answer to life. We don't even have to search anymore. We found it and we must give it away. Yeah, so when we behold, we become. So another day, I'm, I'm on a God walk this time. And I told the Lord I'm going to give him my entire Friday night. And I left at like 5 in the evening. And I was just going to walk and go wherever he told me to go. So when I'd get to a stop sign, I'd say, left, right, or straight? <laughs> I tried my best to hear. Oh, left. Okay, we're going to go left. So I had no idea where all I was going. And I, I, a girl fell on her skateboard and cut herself bad. And I got to stay with her until somebody came. And I had all these sweet little, little moments of getting to love people. But then I'm walking and this precious little girl comes running down the sidewalk and she's the cutest little thing. And I'm talking to her about her shoes and, and all of a sudden I realized there was a tree blocking me, but her entire family had just pulled up on the street and they were getting out. It was a dad, a mom, two little girls and a brand new baby. And they were just getting home from the hospital. And, you know, I had two pregnant daughter-in-laws at the time, and I was pretty excited about that. And so when I realized that they were just getting home, I said, oh, you're just getting home from the hospital. You have a new baby. And the dad smiles at me, and the mom is, looks at me and, and is kind, and she's holding the baby. Ah. And I said, oh, can I see your baby? And she turned the baby for me to see and then she jerked the baby away and she was so angry and I felt so many things on her. I felt anger, I felt shame, I felt fear and she immediately just raced into the house and the dad was getting the other little girl out and he looked at me and he goes, I'm sorry. And you see, I said, no, 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 no. When I saw the baby, it wasn't, it, 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 there was something very wrong. And it had, this baby had tubes coming out everywhere and, and it, there was something very, very wrong. 
And I looked at him and I said, no. I said, I passed you today because, because you need prayer and your baby needs prayer and I'm going to be praying for you and your family. And I want you to know that I walked for hours interceding for that family. And then I got home the next day and I called a handful of you and asked you to pray for that family. That family needed prayer. And I've never seen them again, but to this day, I still pray for them. Sometimes we get to just pray and trust that God will do, will do what he needs to do. We are surrounded by people who are in despair. We are surrounded by people, especially since COVID, that are so consumed with fear. They don't know who to trust. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to put their, their, their grounding in. They don't, they, they just are afraid of everything. I mean, you know it. You're seeing it in your world. Am I right? Do you see people all around you? What are they desperate for? Love. Who is love? They are desperate for the God that we know. They are desperate for the Savior who saved us. And we get to give it to them. So the next thing is practice the prophetic and practice telling your story. When I was younger, I was in Campus Crusade for Christ. And one of the things they taught us is to get your testimony into three minutes and then get your God stories down really short so that when the God opens the door and you have an opportunity, you can tell your own stories because our stories are what unlock people, right? And so practice telling your story, practice your testimony and practice the prophetic. Whenever the Lord gives me even one word, I'm looking who, who, who like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to step out. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to risk because whenever you get just like, how many of you get like a whole download before you prophesy? Anybody in here? A whole download? Oh, come on. I'd say you're blessed. I get usually one word, maybe two, or maybe a tiny little short sentence. And then I have to step out in faith and go the rest of the way. Is it the same for you all? Yeah, it is really a step of faith. But the more we practice when the Lord gives you a word, especially for strangers, especially for people who are lost, like that, when, back in the day before I prophesied, I was still out sharing Jesus, but boy, you get a prophetic word and it just, everything just gets launched in that one moment, right? So we want to use our prophetic gifting. So this is my favorite story right now. I had to have a new roof, which I wasn't happy about. And I want to give a shout out to Jordan, Riley, Mason, my three boys, and John Bottles, because they came and tore down my old roof. And it was a nightmare, and it was a mess, and they were covered, and, and their clothes were torn. But I'm telling you, it was, it was exhausting for me, seeing all these tiles going flying into my flowers and nails everywhere. So the whole day, I was like, okay, just stay, stay in it, stay in it. This is good. This is good. And then the next day, the roofer showed up. There was two van fools and they opened the door and they all come out and I don't know, there's probably 12 people and they're a rough looking crowd. Again, looked just like my, my family. And I knew, I know this crowd <laughs> and, and my initial reaction was, oh goodness, this is going to be a long day. 
you know, and I didn't have a good attitude, to be honest with you. And they're working and doing everything. And halfway through the day, I'm standing in my living room and I look out and it hits me. Oh my goodness. I have 12, 14 people right in my house. Lord, I'm like, thank you for letting me see what I wasn't seeing. So then I immediately went out and, and you know, offered them drinks and, and began to develop, develop a rapport with them. And then at the end, they were cleaning up their mess, and I noticed they were also cleaning up some of my mess. So I went out and started honoring them, right? One thing leads to another, and I've got the whole group, and I'm honoring them. I said, you know, you guys are, not only did you make a mess, but you cleaned it up. And I said, and not only that, but you cleaned my mess up. And just begin to, to just really speak into them. And they just lit up, and they're into me now. And, they're, and all of a sudden, I get one, two words, two words, and it was a military words that I didn't even really know what it meant. So I knew it was from God, and I knew it was for this one boy. He was about 30-ish, carried a lot of authority. And I said, hey, I just heard from God something about you. And he's like, really, what? And I, I told him the word, and he's like, what? Wait. He goes, how did you know that? And I was like, well, actually, I didn't. And he goes, well, but how did you know that? And I got to then start going and, and saying, I didn't. The Lord told me. And he goes, well, he just took over and started telling everybody. His, his family from, from World War II were in military. And he's just telling all these stories. And everybody's in it. And so I said, Lord, give me an opportunity. Open the door. Open the door. And sure enough, the door opened. And I began sharing the, the love of God with this group. And, and they, half of them turned and walked away, but half of them stayed. And I just began to pour in and talk about who they were and who God was. And right there in my front yard, the entire group gave their life to Christ. <laughs> Come on. How good is God? But we have to pray for them before we see them. I didn't see them the whole first part of the day. So listen, for all the stories I'm telling you, there are hundreds that I would never tell you. <laughs> because there are hundreds that had no significance, that didn't go the way I planned. And, and so I want to remind you that the more we do it, the more we see the goodness of God. But it takes risking. I was at the district and I literally, I had three meetings there and the whole time I keep, the Lord keeps highlighting this guy. It's up 25-ish and I just, I know I have a word for him. And so I had, in between meetings, I was like, all right, just go for it. And I was a little intimidated because people like see you, like at the district coffee houses, you know, if, everybody's going to watch this. And so I was just like, oh, Okay, fine, I'm just, I'm just gonna be brave and I'm just gonna do it. So I walk up, I develop a little rapport with them and chit chat for a minute and, and then I kinda do what I always do and kinda do this little thing where I kinda help them understand what I'm about to rock their world with. And I do this with him and I start giving the word and he shuts me down and he dismissed me. <gasps> Okay, that was really humbling. I was like, okay, Robin, just turn around and go to your seat. I went to my seat. I sat down. I go, hmm, I think I heard wrong. <laughs> I either missed that, heard wrong, or something. 
And so there are many times when we risk that we don't do it the way, it doesn't turn out the way we think it's going to, right? But it's okay because we're doing it from love. And so it really doesn't matter what we do. You know, it's like we, we obey the Lord and then we, we leave the results up to him. And I literally looked up, I go, okay, that one's on you. <laughs> I, I thought I heard and I obeyed. Matthew 9, 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. If we've ever needed laborers in the harvest, church, ooh, do you feel this? It is now. The world is desperate to hear about this crazy love that we live in 24 hours a day. So we must, we must share. So the last thing is just do it. <laughs> How's that for a final point? Just do it. Just be courageous. You don't have to do it right. You don't have to have a formula down. Just open your eyes. And if there are any people anywhere, you say, Lord, <laughs> give me an opportunity. That's what I always look up. Open the door. I'll take it. You open the door. And I tell you what, he will open the door. He will set your divine appointments. But you have to be looking because so many times he does that. And if we're not tuned in, if we're not expecting it, we won't see them. Just like the roofers. I didn't see them until he opened my eyes. And listen, you don't have to do it my way. I am an extreme extrovert, right? You don't have to do it my, you just have to do it your way. Whatever your personality is, whatever your gifting is, whatever your story is, you have a story. You're sitting in this room because somewhere in your life, God encountered you. He called you by name and said, you are mine. So you have a story. Practice it. Tell people about it. Okay, I am going to end with, honestly, one of the most... I've shared this story publicly before, but it is truly one of my most favorite stories. Sorry, so I'm going to share it again. So uh, this was, uh, gosh, about 15 years ago. I moved to Southern California. I was in a crisis, a great crisis in my life. And I moved there on faith and got there and really knew nobody. And just as I arrived, I got a phone call from a girl here that I didn't know really well at the time. But she said, my stepdad just had um, a stroke and he is in the hospital. I'm wondering if you would go and visit him. Well, I had absolutely nothing on my plate to do, so I said I would love to. And so I went and I started visiting this man. So his story was he was only probably in his late 60s, but he had had a stroke that completely paralyzed him. Completely. He couldn't speak, nothing. But he was mentally completely there, and he could communicate with his eyes. One of my great probably my greatest fear in life is to be trapped. And one day I'm going to have to preach a sermon on that, Jordan, overcoming your greatest fears. But <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> 
Yeah. But so seeing him trapped inside of his body, it messed with me. And, and I, I started going on a regular basis visiting him. I actually became a volunteer at the nursing home and they actually wanted to hire me. And I was like, no. <laughs> and so every week I would visit a lot of the different people, but mostly him. And you know, he never said a word to me. He couldn't speak at all. And so I would sit and I would share my life with him. I was going through hard things and I would share them with him. I was sharing. That was when I stepped into the miraculous. The supernatural started bursting open in my life. And I would tell him these crazy wild stories. And he would just look at me like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I know. And I would read the word to him. I would preach little sermons to him. And, and I didn't know, you know, you don't know what's, what's happening, but I knew that love was in the room. And I could tell because my love for him began to grow deeply. And so one day I showed up for my normal visit and the director of the nursing home called me into her office and I could tell something was wrong. And I'm starting to think, what did I do? I used to always bring chocolate covered strawberries and I was like, oh gosh, don't tell me somebody choked over them. Like I'm, I'm like racking my brain. Like I did something wrong. I know I did. And so anyway, I go in and there was a man and a woman in her office and she introduced me and it was the man that I was visiting was named Jim. It was his son and his daughter in law. And he looked at me and he goes, First of all, who are you? And second of all, why are you visiting my dad? Well, the friend told me not to tell them because they didn't have a good relationship. But of course, at that point, I got to come clean because I'm scared. <laughs> he was scary. And so I told him and he goes, okay. So she asked you to come visit him. Why did you stay? Why are you still here? And honestly, I wanted to cry because what I wanted to say to him is because your dad is walking through the most difficult thing he has ever walked through. Do you have any idea what he is going through? And I wanted to tell him because I love your dad and because, because he's suffering greatly and, and I want to help him. I want to give him hope in a time of hopelessness, but I didn't. I just said, the Lord told me to. And he looked at his wife and he goes, okay, you can keep visiting him, but not if we're there. And I said, fair enough. And so I continued for over a year visiting him. And one day I always tried to just be a bright light when I came in. And so like I would bring little things and, you know, and bring different books and just, just to try to entertain him. And, and so I came bopping in and I had this whole goodie basket filled with things and I got to his front of his bed and I realized they were, his family was all there. And so I immediately turned to leave the room and Jim, who didn't talk and didn't move, began to yell for me. He making sounds I had never heard, desperate for me not to leave. And I turned and I looked at him and he's looking at me with his eyes like, don't you leave? Don't you leave? And so I, by the way, his family was not a Christian and he was. And, and so I'm standing there and I'm looking at the son who's watching this whole thing. And he said, you can come back in. 
And so I'm telling you, talk about an awkward moment. <laughs> okay. So I walked back up to the, his face and I, 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 it was hard to know what to say, but I, I just started connecting and chatted for a few minutes. And then I said, I'm going to go visit some of the other patients and then I'll be back. And, and so I did. And several months later, when I showed up, Jim had passed. And I cried the entire way home. But I also celebrated that he was no longer trapped. He was now as free as a bird. So I was thankful, but I grieved. And then I get a phone call from the son. And he said, I would like you to speak at his funeral. Wow. When I got there, I could tell right away that this was not a Christian group. And so I'm like, Lord, he's like, just do it. <laughs> okay. So I got up there and I shared my heart for this amazing man that I never heard one word from, but I developed such intimacy with this man and I talked about him and then I got to share with every single one of them about this amazing love that captivated me and rescued me and now rescued their father. And I'm telling you, it was a powerful moment for me. I don't know about anybody else, but I know it was for me. And then as soon as it was over, I was walking to my car and the sun chased me down. And they, he had been, Jim had been in the military and so they had done a 21 sh gun, salute. gun salute. Thank you. I even practiced that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and so they ran after me. And he said, um, I just want to thank you. And he gave me one of the shells from the shots. I still have that today. It means so much to me. You know, there is a world around us that has so many opportunity for us to love. We just have to start praying, praying for them. We have to ask God to give us the divine appointments. You know, we have to, we have to step outside of ourself. You know, Jordan talked about how, you know, there is a great chasm between who we are and being royal priests. And it's the great divide is self. We have to get over ourself to share Jesus with the lost right? We have to step over and leave self behind and say, I'm going to do this. Even if I look ridiculous, I'm going to take this risk. Even if I fail, like I am going to commit to love. And let me tell you what it will do for you. Nothing brings more life to me than when I get to love the world. Nothing empowers me. Nothing ignites my own love for God than when I lead somebody to Christ. How many in here have led somebody to Christ? Beautiful. How many of you want to lead someone to Christ? Start praying for them. And you'll be amazed at what will happen because love finds a way. Love makes a way when there is no way. Love unlocks doors and it definitely unlocks hearts. 
And let me tell you, church, we owe the world an encounter with love, right? We owe them the love of God. So if you, I want to pray for you. I want you to stand. If you want to love the world, if you want to have the desire, if you don't have the desire, if you want that, I just want you to stand. And the Lord told me to pray for you. So put your, if you want this, put your hands out and expect to receive it. So God, I thank you for every person in this room that is out there loving the world. Thank you for all the people who have led someone to Christ. God, thank you for this room filled with lovers, lovers of your presence, lovers of people. And God, I pray that you increase that love increase the love they have for you god and increase the love that they have for the world ignite a love in them that is so strong that they cannot help but begin to love the lost to seek out the heart the hurting and heartbroken to encourage the hopeless to pray for those who need prayer I release a hunger for this love. I release a hunger over you to go and do what you're called to do. He says, love the Lord with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. God, give us that kind of love and let us watch your love transform this valley. We say yes to your love. We say yes to being courageous. We say yes to just doing it. We say yes to practicing the prophetic. We say yes to getting our stories ready so that we can tell the world how good our God is. So I just say, come Holy Spirit and do something deep inside of our souls. Open our eyes, God, so that we will see those around us that need you. And then let us put self behind us and let us step out as the beloved of God who carries the answer to life's every problem. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for giving us this love. And thank you for giving us the opportunities to give it away. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, King Jesus. You're so worthy. Let's worthy the one who loves us, who knows us, who has set us free. Worship him. Shout out unto the glorious God who is everything we want and everything we need. We worship you, Lord. We just worship you, King Jesus. Worship you. Thank you, God. We do bless you, King Jesus. And now, Lord, thank you for this church family. 
Thank you for every single person who is here tonight. Thank you for calling them, for filling them, for bringing them to a church that they are getting transformed by the word of God. And I just pray that you let everyone in this room love and encourage one another. So take a few minutes, talk to you people you haven't met. If you get a word for somebody, give it to them. If you have an encouragement of somebody that you already have it and see it, encourage them. Let's just love on our family tonight. Bless you.